0: Managing forest fires. It's all about balancing the good and the bad. Wildland fires are a natural part of the forest ecosystem. They play an important role in maintaining the health and diversity of our forests. But they can also threaten public safety, seriously impact communities, and destroy vast amounts of timber resources. Our experts at Natural Resources Canada are working to better understand forest fires and to help authorities predict and manage both their risks and benefits. Find out more on today's episode of Natural Elements. This is Natural Elements, and I'm your host, Anne-Sophie Allary. Natural Elements is a podcast series brought to you by Simply Science, which is Natural Resources Canada's online magazine. Like our sister podcast, Ask Anarchan. We talk to our experts about the work they do and how it relates to what's happening around us. While Ask Anarcan features in-depth discussions, Natural Elements offers you a quick overview, giving you a taste of the topic and letting you know where you can find more information. Let's turn to today's topic, forest fire management. Here's Richard Carr from Natural Resources Canada's Canadian Forest Service to give us some background information.
1: Forest fires are part of the natural landscape in Canada help to reduce undergrowth in forests. They bring up uh, new growth, help regenerate uh, certain types of species, provide habitat for wildlife. So, uh, in fact, some of the pine trees depend on forest fires to burst open their their cones to uh, start new growth. So they're a very important part of our forest ecosystem. They can become a problem, though, of course, when they threaten human development, either houses, businesses, or other types of infrastructure. Um, So in in Canada, we average somewhere around uh, around 7,000 fires per year. And those burn about uh, 2.5 million hectares every year on average. We generally consider that to be about half the size of Nova Scotia. And uh, the numbers do fluctuate a lot between seasons. You can go from a really quiet year one year to a very busy one the next.
0: Certain areas of the country are more vulnerable than others.
1: Uh, country is uh, generally a little bit more susceptible to forest fires in the, in the western part. It tends to have a drier climate, so when fires are a bit more frequent, there is a strip of boreal forest that stretches from northwestern Ontario up through the northern prairie provinces into the, the territories. Uh, is the area that has the most large fires on average.
0: Forest fires typically occur at specific times during the year.
1: Forest fire seasons generally happen in uh, two modes. We tend to have a a spring fire season where grass is not greened up yet and broadleaf trees don't have their leaves on yet. So we do have uh, sometimes fairly dry conditions in spring. It can be windy and without the green vegetation, things burn a little bit more easily. So we tend to have a little bit of a a spring fire bump. That tends to come down for a bit through late May and, and June when things green up. But uh, the climate, uh, the weather generally dries out through the summer, so we tend to have an increase in fire activity um, in the summer as well, and that's uh, partly due to the, the drying out of the forest again, but uh, it also coincides with the, the height of the lightning season, so we we tend to go get a lot of ignitions through the summer from lightning strikes.
0: Natural Resources Canada has been involved in fire research for decades.
1: We uh, look at things like fire and environment, uh, you know, that's just what leads to fires and how they burn what types of fuels are available, topographic influences um, We've got the uh, we I guess improving uh, nationwide fuels mapping programs um, every year. Uh, we look at the ecology what happens when fires burn, how do plants regenerate and you know, what happens to um, animals you know some benefit from it for sure uh, so we have got that type of research going on. Um, Just looking at the conditions that lead to forest fires, uh, atmospheric conditions as well. And uh, within uh, the forest fire research group, I guess we've got people that uh, do fire growth modeling, Um, we've got people researching ways to predict both human starts and lightning starts, and we've got a subset in uh, northern here, the Wildlife Fire Information Systems Group, that takes a lot of that research and puts it into Um, More or less, you know, real-time or real-world products. Um, So I guess our flagship is the Canadian Wildland Fire Information System where a lot of the results of this research can be displayed.
0: Our experts also provide monthly and seasonal forecast maps of fire weather severity.
1: The seasonal forecasts are first based on the the dryness of the forest floor as we head into spring. So we look at last fall's drought levels. We use the winter precipitation and estimates of snowmelt to determine the drought levels when we start the fire weather index calculations in the spring. Um, so now, having established starting conditions, we'll take Environment and Climate Change Canada's climate model output, uh, temperature and precipitation, and we'll calculate daily, daily fire weather index values from that, from those forecast models. And from that, we can compare the uh, predicted anomalies in temperature and precipitation with the historical levels. So what we come out with is uh, what we call the fire severity index.
0: Richard provides us with an overview of the forecast for the 2019 season.
1: It's been a very mixed up year, you know, with a fairly mild winter and then a very cold February, late snow melt in parts of the country, but at the same time some record warmth in mid- mid-March that melted snow off quite early in, in Yukon and possibly Western Northwest Territories, um, even British Columbia. So um, a very mixed up year. Fire levels so far have been quiet. Some provinces or territories have a more than average number of fires, but the area burns is quite low still. We're um, looking at uh, no part of the country in May here with predicted above normal fire activity. In June, though, we're seeing... a the dry country in British Columbia and the Yukon may be at more of a risk for, for fires, and that trend carries through July and August as well, so uh, B.C., Yukon, and uh, possibly western Alberta. The rest of the country, from this point of view, is just showing uh, normal levels of fire activity expected.
0: There are many available resources online for people looking for forest fire information in their area, including the Canadian Wildland Fire Information System.
1: So, you know, people can Google CWFIS. That shows uh, nationwide fire occurrence, fire danger, fire behavior, uh, conditions. That includes effects of topography and different types of fuels, that's uh, vegetation that is available to burn. We have our seasonal forecasts on there. Um, all the provinces have a fire management website of some sort, so, you know, I encourage people to. Look up their provincial fire, wildland fire website, be familiar with it. Be familiar with any colon numbers that they can use to report forest fires. Always encourage people to be careful because small fires or fires in uh, fairly quiet seasons can still have some fairly serious consequences.
0: If you live in an area that's vulnerable to forest fires, or if you're interested in learning more about them, check out the links in the episode description. If you don't want to miss future episodes of Natural Elements or its sister podcast, Ask NRCan, subscribe to the Simply Science podcast channel. If you want to learn more about the fascinating scientific work that we do at Natural Resources Canada, check out our Simply Science website for in-depth articles and also our Simply Science YouTube channel to see our experts at work. You can find the links in the episode description as well. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next month with a brand new episode.